welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to this spirit-filled word by David Entry. When you catch a word, you have caught God. May you catch a word today that will cause God to change your story. Be blessed. In my last teaching last Sunday, I spoke about the gospel. My intention was to finish the complete gospel, but I realized that it was more loaded than I could finish. So I'm continuing today, just finish wrapping it up. Galatians chapter 1 verse 6 to 9. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. But there are some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach another gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Now, this text tells us very clearly that it's a message that was a letter, a message that was sent to believers, people who were already believers. How do you know? Because it says that I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him who called it. So they, these are people who have been called and they have responded to the call. And now he said you have so soon been removed from him who called you unto another gospel. So then that means when you are called, it takes the gospel to be called and you have to stay in the gospel through which you were called. If you are called, you respond to the gospel. There is the possibility, propensity for you to move on away from the gospel onto another gospel. And he said, which is not, there's no other gospel. There's only one gospel. But what you are now operating with is not the pure gospel. Once it's not the pure gospel, it is not, it becomes another gospel. The gospel is just simple. So it is important to define the gospel as I did the other time. What is the gospel? And then we will look at the first gospel or the first preaching of the first church. When the church was born, the first preaching, the first gospel he preached. For your information, the gospel is not just repent from your sins, believe in Jesus, and you will not go to hell. That is not just the gospel. That's not all the gospel. That's not all the gospel. It certainly includes that, repentance from our sins. But that's not all the gospel. And for many years, I thought, and we were made to understand for most of us, that the gospel is something that we just preach to unbelievers for them to be saved. So when you are saved, you don't need a gospel. So what do you need? You need just, uh, just to flow. And <laughs> no, the, the, church is, the church, the strength of a church has everything to do with the strength of the gospel the church is exposed to and the church constantly hears. Now, because Paul said, I desire to come to you that I might impart spiritual gifts unto you. Then he said that I really couldn't wait, verse 15, to come and so that I might preach the gospel. In so much as in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you. These are people who were born again to preach the gospel to you. Then he goes on to say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of verse 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it's the power of God unto salvation to the Jews first and the Greeks and also to the Greeks. So the gospel is not something, the only thing that is like what you just preach to unbelievers. It's, it's what we, everything we preach is the gospel. So what is it? 
What is the gospel? In the previous teaching, I spoke about how the, uh, the gospel is in three ways. When you, the Bible mentions or when you hear gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are called the gospels. They are the narratives. They are the records of the life of Jesus, the human living, okay? So Jesus Christ is, a, is not figment of somebody's imagination. It's not something, uh, an ideology. Jesus Christ is a historic figure. He actually lived. He actually lived somewhere in a geographic location under, the pol a pol under a certain political jurisdiction. He lived. He, secular books, secular historians write about him. If you go into the archives of Rome, in the time they, they rule in the Palestine region, they will tell you it will be recorded that there was one Jesus of Nazareth. Anytime you hear Jesus of Nazareth, you are talking about the geographical location where he grew up. So he's not Jesus of everywhere. He's a real figure. And how do you know about Jesus? People might say all they know about Jesus. Even some religious books purport that they, they know about Jesus. There are some religious books that have written about Jesus. It's very interesting. But don't take their account to be the truth. Because this is how Luke puts it. In Luke chapter 1, he said, For as much as many have taken in their hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which were mostly surely believed amongst us. Verse 2. Watch this. Verse 2. Even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. Verse 3. It seems good to me also. Others have written. So the, the, the record of Jesus, the account of Jesus was not written by only one man. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And others also wrote, which were not authenticated because some of the others, what they, read, they wrote, were not genuinely true. Some of it had truth and other things were false. Like that, uh, you hear Dan Brown talking about the gospel according to Thomas. But there were other people who wrote, because those days people used to write. But look, who was a top academic? He's a medical doctor. They are trained to chronologically observe things and report things, evidence. They deal with evidence. So he said, verse 3, I have also, watch this, it seems good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the first, to write unto thee, oh, uh, in order, uh, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, Theos, God, Philos, Phileo is love, you know, Phileo, love, Theos. So God lover. It also seems right that I will write excellent, orderly. By, so he went to Mary, sat down with Mary, did an interview, wrote his points, went to Peter, went, he did a, a thorough research and presented his account. He said, I'm also presenting my account. And so the record, the history of Jesus has been truly, accurately captured in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So when you hear the gospel, it means that. Now, Jesus Christ, when he was on earth, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, from that time he started to preach the gospel, saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus went out about preaching, saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. In Mark chapter 1, verse, I think, 14 and 15, he preached the gospel of the kingdom. So Jesus Christ preached the gospel of the kingdom. So the gospel Jesus preached. Now, if the gospel is just about Jesus dying, he was, which one was he preaching? Because he hadn't died. Which one was he preaching? He preached the gospel of the kingdom. 
So the, the message Jesus preached concerning the rulership of God, God, how he deals with man, his plans with man and the goodness of God, is also called the gospel. And then the third categorization of the gospel is what the early church preached, which we preach. After Jesus died, he resurrected and he went to heaven. Now, the gospel, according to Romans chapter 1, as I said in the previous session, teachings, that the gospel is the gospel of God. It belongs to God. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Separated unto the gospel of God. Let's all say the gospel of God. God owns the copyright of the gospel. No church owns it. So no church has the right to change it, amend it, spray perfume on it, make it better, make it sound good. It's already good. Leave it the way it is. Just take it and present it. The gospel of God. Number two, it says the gospel is concerning verse three. The gospel is concerned. The content of the gospel is Jesus Christ. Any other thing that diverts and deviates from Jesus Christ is another gospel. So he says that concerning, oh, his son, Jesus Christ, what do you know about his son, Jesus Christ, who was captured in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? That's what he's talking about. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ, who was made, which was made. He was made? He was made? That means he wasn't. Yeah, before he came on earth, he wasn't a man. But he was made a man. He was made uh, the seed, that's human being, of David according to the flesh. So he came in the flesh. Now, any gospel that denies the human living of Jesus is no gospel. So the real content of the gospel must, one, include Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus? And what is the gospel? Gospel is the story and the good news about who Jesus is, number two, and what he does, his works. Now, who is he? I, taught, I took my time to teach on he is the son of God. What does it mean for us to say Jesus is the son of God? Jesus is the eternal God who became the God man to express divinity, to give a clean and a full expression of divinity in humanity. So when he was walking on earth, he was God on earth. God captured in human, can you imagine? Humanity was able to, or God was able to, to distill himself condense himself into to be captured in humanity. And so, can you imagine if the God who appeared to Moses appears to you? You, you are likely to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, you die. They begged Moses, please, tell him he shouldn't, he shouldn't even come and speak to us. Moses said, I want to see. He said, no one sees me and lives. So, but this God wants to have a relationship with you. How can the God who no one sees and lives have a relationship with you? No one says, sees this God and lives. And then Moses, Moses said, Let me, I want to see. He said, no. And yet, we are supposed to have a relationship with God. How is he going to do it? So God has to find a way of coming in the form. Bible calls it in Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 and verse 7. Verse 6 says, he did not count equality with God, something to hold, grasp to hold on to. And then verse, verse 7, verse 7 said, he made himself of no reputation. And watch this. And took upon him the form of a servant. And was made, can you imagine? He was made in the likeness of men. He wasn't really, he wasn't a man, but he was making the, so he became man. He became what he wasn't. That's why I said he was made. 
So made, the Bible says that he was made, this Romans chapter 1 verse 3, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. Now, that is the gospel. Jesus Christ, who is he and what did he become? Without knowing who he is and what he does, you don't know the gospel. People know what he does. He's a miracle worker. He, he, he delivers. But they don't know actually who he is. Who, 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 is, who is Jesus? That's why when he started, when he wanted to draw his, their attention, just before he went to the cross, he, he pulled their attention to who he was. He asked them, who do men say I am? Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Who do men say? When they got to Caesarea Philippi, he, he told his disciples, who do men say I am? And they were saying, oh, every people have their own opinion about you. People always have their own opinion about the church. People doesn't mean they're right. Those of us who have been listening to people to, to know what the church is, I think you are making a mistake. Look at the church and look at the Bible. First of all, we have to actually look, because the church is not a human creation, it's God's creation, we have to go to God, for God to define the church to us, and we take the definition of, the, of God, from uh, of, uh, the, God's definition of the church, we take it and leave it in the church. We can't come and have our own community lifestyle. We can't come and have our own, oh, just based on society. So that's how we, we can't just do that. We have to look at God. What is the church? How do you, what, how do you define the church? And when we see how God defines the church, and if we are the church, then we be the church. So that the world, when they look at us, they can see what the church is supposed to be by looking at the church. But unfortunately, because of lack of the preaching of the gospel, the church has become different things in different places. Different things. So it concerns the gospel is about who is Jesus and his works. The person and the works of Jesus. What is the gospel? Listen, I'm giving you a definition. What's the gospel? The gospel is the news or the story or the message about Jesus Christ and his works. So the person of Jesus and the works of Jesus. Let's say the person of Jesus. Jesus. And the works of Jesus. One more time. The person of Jesus. And the works of Jesus. So the gospel is the message concerning the person of Jesus and the works of Jesus. What's the gospel? The of Jesus. No, 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 no. The, the gospel is not a person. It's a message. Gospel means good news. So what's the news? What's the good and the, the news? The, the news is about Jesus. So you, we are not all going to be CNN reporters. You are going to report the news. We, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the news reader. Can you tell me the news? The news is the good news. Can you tell me some good news? What's the good news? The good news is about the person of Jesus and the works of Jesus. What's the good news? It's about that. So the gospel is the news, the story, the message about the person of Jesus and the works of Jesus. Now, when you come to church, you cannot be born again without knowing who Jesus is. And then knowing who Jesus is, you have to know what he did. He died on the cross. His dying on the cross is what the only thing that entitles a person to become a Christian. Without his dying on the cross. So now let's go back to the text. Let's look at two. Having understood that, when we say the gospel, so as not to preach another gospel, it, is, it, it will do us good to look at the first gospel that was preached by the church because that will be in its very purest form. I want you to understand, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John 
has everything to do with the human living of Jesus. That's why you have the nativity not reported in Romans. For what? <laughs> Romans is a letter. It's not a story. It's not news. News must be history. Something that has happened and been told, being reported. That's why God's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are all reported speech. It's being reported. Okay, there are narratives telling us and this happens like a story being reported. Whilst the other ones are epistles, letters that were written. Now watch this. And so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tells us about how Jesus was born, how he lived, how he was thirsty, how he cried, how he was tired, how he was crucified, how he resurrected, how he chose his disciples, how he worked miracles. It tells us about the human living of Jesus. And then he died on the cross and said, Tetelestai, it is finished. As soon as he died, he said he's finished. What is finished? His human assignment. Assignment as a human being, he's done it. His assignment as a human being was to produce his blood for our redemption. That is why the Bible says that this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So he came to shed his blood to pay for our sins because you can't pay for your sins. When you say, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in God, what are you going to do about your sins? I don't have it. You, I bet you know you do. And you know you do. That is why people become so animated when you mention God and they don't want to know. When you mention God, they don't like it. Why don't they like Jesus? Because it reminds them of their sins. When people say they don't like the church, it's because the church has a message and the message catches them in their sins. There are people who you invite to church, they will never. They say, no, 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 I don't want to. Why? Because they fear that the message will catch them. (laughs) The message will catch them. Because the Bible says, no one is righteous. All of us. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And, and, and so, Jesus Christ came to die for our sins. He shed his blood. And when he died on the cross, they wanted to stop it. Peter wanted to stop it. He actually took a knife, started cutting people's ears. He said, put back your, your, your sword. Don't stop this. You can't stop this. He said to Pontius Pilate, For this reason have I come into this world. For this reason. And he told him that. (laughs) Oh, Jesus said in John chapter 10 verse 18, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down and I take it out. A human being. He said, I lay my life down and I pick it up again. No, no, no. This is not an ordinary human being. (laughs) You can't kill me. He said, no one kills me. No one can kill me. Pontius Pilate said, don't you, uh, answer me, I'm questioning you. Answer me, don't you, have, uh, don't you know I have the power to let you go? He said, no, you, <laughs> you don't have the power if it hasn't been given to you from above. He overrated himself. He didn't know he was standing before the maker. He was standing before, before the God of all creation. He was interrogating the God of all creation, and as he was examining God, he found out that he was being examined. Because his judgment was shambolic. His judgment was faulty. Human, the highest court found him guilty when he was innocent. That tells you human beings are always flawed. Yeah. Even in our perfect, our perfect state, there's still something wrong. That's why you have become born again, and still your humanity is really troubling you. Am I talking to somebody? <laughs> humanity. Even those who decide to keep all laws, later on find out that there's still some they haven't kept. Even human laws, sometimes it's difficult to keep everything to the, to the letter, let alone the law of God. It, it takes God to be able to live based on the standard of God. So he said, okay, someone needs to live according to my law. 
to be perfect enough to be able to save these people. So he said, I'm coming to live my own law, meet the standard of my law. And after he met the standards of his law, he gave his blood. That's on the cross. When he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. What is finished? The human assignment is finished. But that's not all the works Jesus did. He resurrected from the dead. So why did he resurrect if he's finished? No. <laughs> Actually, it's now about to start. Payment for redemption is finished. But now he's going to live everywhere. He said the gospel must be preached throughout the whole world. He's about to manifest because uh, he's not only the God of the Jews. But he came and he didn't even travel to Europe. So if he's going to be in his humanity, then most of us are going to be restricted. But he has to be released from this human shell. And now enter into humanity everywhere. And leave his body on the earth. Ah, to have his body, his body, his body on the earth everywhere. In China, in Afghanistan, in Pakistan, in India, in Nigeria, in South Africa, in Saudi Arabia, in Kuwait, in, in, in Iran, in Israel, everywhere. America, Canada, everywhere. He has his body represented there. How, how could that have been possible if he had stayed in Palestine, in Israel, just there, in Nazareth? Jesus of Nazareth. No. He needed the human life to die and then save us from our sins so that what? That is where the gospel is not complete if you end it at his resurrection or his death. It's not complete because after his resurrection, guess what? He was, asset, he was exalted by God. It's, Peter said, him, God has exalted. He was exalted by God and seated at the right hand of majesty. He sat on the throne doing what? That is where, that's what I'm trying to focus us on today. The heavenly ministry of Jesus. He's in heaven by his working. The heavenly ministry of Jesus is what, oh, is what we have been called into. I wasn't around when he lived physically, but thank God we are around when he's manifesting his heavenly ministry on earth. So it's good to look, to look at the first message the church preached. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible says that in Acts chapter 2, that when the Holy Spirit came, they spoke in tongues, and it was noised abroad, and the people around heard it, and they had their own judgment. Human beings will always have an explanation for what is happening. Try to explain what's going on. Okay, what's that? So they said, some said they were drunk. The guys were drunk. When the Holy Spirit was working and moving, people were also giving their own, putting their spin on it. They were drunk, but they were not drunk. So Peter had to get up, filled with the Holy Spirit, in Acts chapter 2, verse 14, and said to them, men and brethren, Peter standing with the 11, I like that in the first service, I said, with the 11. He's not standing alone. Before he, Jesus died, before the Holy Ghost came, Peter walked on the water alone. Peter took the knife and tried to chop people's ears alone. When Jesus said, uh, you are going to betray me. He said, if everyone, he separated himself from the rest. He said, if everyone forsake you, me, I will not forsake you. Peter was always me and me, me and you, me and you. But when the Holy Ghost came, the church was born. He stopped talking about me and he started standing with the rest. So Peter, standing with the 11. Caris is not the only church in the world, for goodness sake. Caris is not the only good church in London. Yeah, good church, I mean. There are churches, but good church. There's a, there's a, <laughs> 
Garis is not the only good church in central London. Garis is not the only, it cannot be. If it's the only good church in central London, we are doing a very bad work. We are doing a, which building can contain the whole body of Christ in central London? And why must only one person or one group of, a group of leaders lead the entire body of Christ here? No, it's too big. So you have other good churches in London, other good churches in Birmingham, other good churches. There are also other churches. In fact, yesterday, those of you read Romans, he said that don't think that you are so special. The Jews were rejected because they went in unbelief so that you can come in. Don't think that you are better than them. You came in by grace. God elected you by mercy. It wasn't your own strength. What are you talking about? And so if we are in, it's not because we are that good. It's because he is that good. If we are in, it's not because we are that in intelligent, but he has a master plan. God is the God of plan. God is the God of program. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. So Peter stood with the 11. Brothers and sisters, let's learn how to stand with other churches. So he said, even if we or an angel from heaven preach another gospel, let him be a curse. Anathema, the apostolic anathema, a curse because they are not supposed to do that. Don't preach another gospel. So Peter, standing with the eleven, told the people, these guys are not drunk, as you suppose. But what you are seeing, it, this is what was prophesied by Joel, that in the last day, said the Lord, I like that verse, it gets me. He said, in the last day, Joel said, this is what Joel said, in the last day, but it was the Lord who was saying through Joel. Don't mistake what preachers are saying for their own opinion. Sometimes God is speaking through, to, to you through that preacher, and you better listen. Because when you start calling on the name of God, God will say, I spoke to you. He said, me, when? He said, when the preacher was preaching, you knew I was talking to you. You knew I was talking. You know when Jesus told the parable about the guy, Lazarus and the rich man? Lazarus, the rich man said, send Lazarus from the dead to go and tell people, people that this place is bad so they don't come. My family members. Jesus said, he said, Father Abraham said, they have the prophets, they have Moses and the prophets. The people are already preaching the message. The dead people who cannot preach any better message than what we are preaching because the message is the same. If you don't believe what we are saying, people who resurrect from the dead preach, you will still believe it. <laughs> All right. So Peter started, Peter started going on into this and he said, this is what was said by the prophet Joel, that in the last days I'll pour my spirit upon all flesh. And then when he finished the quotation, he said, verse 21, that who it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on his name. Because then God, the message meant, this is what God is doing, so as to integrate people to himself. And the way this process of integration that's called salvation is through calling on his name. So he said, whosoever, this is all happening so that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. When you become born again, you become born again by accepting Jesus and calling on his name. And then when you are living the Christian life, you must constantly keep calling on his name so that he can find an expression in your life and empower your human living to his glory. Now, when he said that, then he actually said, let me tell you the gospel. So he takes them into the real gospel. Acts chapter 2, verse 22. He said, Jesus of what? Nazareth. It's a historic figure. Jesus of Nazareth. So it looks like, can I tell, let me get a bit, a little bit theological, not any heavily theological, but let me draw your attention to something. The book of Luke was written by Luke. That's why it's called Luke, okay? <laughs> the book of Luke was written by Luke. He was a, uh, a medical doctor. And guess what? 
The book of Acts was also written by Luke. It's the same person. He wrote two books. The, books, the book of Luke and the book of Acts. One gospel and the second, the ascended gospel. He, so Acts chapter 1. Look at Acts chapter 1. Just let me just take you to some Bible studies. In Acts chapter 1 verse 1, the, the former treatise have I made. Oh, did you see that name has come appeared again? Theophilus. Oh, Theophilus. Of all that Jesus began, ah, like that. He began both to do and to teach. Not what he did. He began. He hasn't finished. He hasn't finished his job, man. The fact that he said he's finished on the cross doesn't mean he's finished his work. So he began to do and to teach. So this is what he's beginning to address. That I'm telling you about the gospel. The gospel is about Jesus' human living. But when he died, he went to heaven and then continued working. But if you are not careful, you will only focus on what he did in his human living and leave out what he's doing in his heavenly office. And the gospel is not complete without also looking at what he's doing in his heavenly office. And so Peter now takes them and began to tell them that Jesus Christ, a man attested, the word attested can also mean exhibited. So when you go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you have entered a showroom. God began to exhibit Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, his human living. God was showing himself. God was showing himself. See, when God is in the, on, uh, in the human flesh, this is how it looks like. This, that was a showroom. That was a, a showroom. So he started talking to them about how Jesus Christ was attested by God with signs, wonders, and miracles, which is not anything strange because this is actually happened before in plain sight, so which you all know. And then he says that, who by the predetermined counsel of God and the foreknowledge of God, as I said earlier on, the counsel of God. God actually had a meeting. They decided, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they decided somebody must go and save man. And God the Son said, okay, I will go. So he, vol- he volunteered. <laughs> That's the counsel. I will go and die. That's why he said, if it's possible, let this cup can pass, but not as I will. That's just before he went to die, he didn't want it to happen. It got to a time when he saw the enormity of the sin, your, your, my sin. Can you imagine the way I even talk? Can you imagine if I'm sinning? It would be bad. <laughs> and you, oh, come on, you. We all have sins. For all have sinned. So we are, and they are going to put the sins of all of us on him. A righteous man who doesn't know no sin. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He made him who knew no sin. He doesn't even know how sin looks like. He doesn't, sin is so foreign to him and they are going to put this, the, this is the, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The world, the sins of the world on him, he said, if it's possible, I know we made this deal, but if it's possible, let this cup not come. That points to how righteous he is. And he said, if it's possible, let this cup come pass. And he said, nevertheless, not as I will, but according to the original program, let the program go. <laughs> so he says that he was, he was delivered by the counsel and the foreknowledge of God, which lawless, you through lawless hands and wicked hands have crucified. But verse 24 says that, but God raised him from the dead. But God raised him from the dead. But God, the story does not end. That's why I don't know why they will keep Jesus on the cross. It's good to have the cross, but no, Jesus. Jesus has left the cross a long time. 
But God raised him. Hallelujah. Why? Because it was not possible that he should be held by sin. So the good news is that we have, watch this, this is very important. We have God in his eternal wisdom sending his own son to be a human being, to live a human living, a perfect life, a sinless life, and to be crucified and executed sinlessly. But they did it. And they, they, can you imagine? They said, you are guilty when he was innocent. Hey, human beings, we are wicked. We are wicked. And all of us, we have manifested that kind of judgment in one way or the other. You know someone was innocent, but because of your personal interest. <laughs> they could, they crucify him with lawless hands. And God raised him to prove to them that he is innocent. This is the, 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 the story, the life story of Jesus Christ. The gospel is concerning his son, his human life. And he was dead, he was, he was crucified and resurrected. And guess what? He goes into heaven. The Bible says that him God has exalted, verse 32 and 33. Him God has exalted unto his right hand, Acts chapter 2, 32, 33. God exalted. So he just didn't resurrect. So we are talking about God. Jesus Christ is our savior. Jesus Christ is our Messiah. He's our redeemer. He is God. He is man. He's the son of God. He's the son of man. He's the only humanity who can express divinity on earth. And he died. He was resurrected. He's the resurrected one. He's the exalted one. And guess what? He's the enthroned one. Is that the end of the story? No. The story didn't end there. So what's, what's next? Peter told them that God has, he has received the gift and has poured on us. In the verse 36, he says that, let, me, let it be known to all of you that this same Jesus, say same Jesus. Same. Oh, I can't hear. Say same Jesus. Same Jesus. This is what brings into bear another Jesus. So there are other Jesuses. The Jesus we are preaching is the son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the God man who expressed God in the flesh. In fact, Bible says that in him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Colossians 2.9. God, Godness was dwelling in him. Is that the Jesus you are talking about? If he is not, sorry. That's why the gospel is about Jesus, who he is. If you don't know who he is, others will define him for you. Ah. Others will define him. They think they know him, but it's not the Jesus we are talking about. Because the Jesus we are talking about, this same Jesus, hallelujah, this same Jesus, who is he? He's the Jesus of Nazareth. He's the Jesus they crucified, they killed, according to God's counsel, predetermined counsel, and God's foreknowledge. Is that same Jesus who was raised by God on the third day, who David spoke about, who David wrote about, that same Jesus who has been lifted, raised by God, exalted by God, and seated on the right hand of majesty. Is this same Jesus? Is that the one you are talking about? Then I bet you, I'm sorry, you are talking about a different Jesus. It's a different Jesus. So which Jesus are you talking about? The gospel means, let's, let's, let's cut to the chase. Yes. Let's know which Jesus we are dealing with. Yes. It's important. Never trivialize that. And I, it is wrong for churches to focus on every other thing besides this. Yes. It's wrong. Because we, ended up, we end up having an eclipsed Jesus. Yeah. So people really think they've come to Jesus, but they don't even know who they call. They are calling, uh, whose name they are calling on. They know he's a good man. They know he does me. But who is Jesus? 
Other than that, others will define the Jesus for you. That's what Jesus told them. Who do men say I am? And now, your pastor cannot define Jesus for you. He must just be able to tell you the Jesus of the scriptures. That's, that's, that's a true pastor. He points you to the Jesus of the scriptures. And that's why you have to verify it for yourself. You must have your own Bible. Yes. Have your own Bible for goodness sake, please. Yes. You have everything and you have not downloaded the Bible. No wonder you are such a weak, light Christian. Because many people in our generation don't have a heart and a hunger for God. And the kind of preaching most of us have been preaching is drawing people to solutions, not Jesus. You are having struggles with your relationship. So you came to church. If, listen, don't get me wrong. If that drove you to church, it's good because all of us must have been drawn by something. But when you come and you don't find Jesus, you haven't come. This whole thing is about Jesus. Who is Jesus? And God exalted him. And he was seated at the right hand of God. And do you know what happened then? According to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20, verse 21, verse 22, particularly 22, the Bible said God raised him far above principalities and powers, sat him in the, on his right hand, and guess what? This is very important. And has put all things under his feet and given him. So he put all things under his feet, and it's like he beamed, it, beamed him into the church. It's very important. Watch this. So he's seated in heaven, but he's acting on earth. It's there. And, I, and gave him. Did you see that? So he just, didn't, he just didn't go to heaven and seated in heaven and maybe picking his teeth. I've finished. I've finished my job. Now people must dance in church. They must have nice music in church. No. The church can't exist without the involvement of Jesus. So as he finished and he sat in his authority, he was asked like, like a satellite, beamed, given to the church. So we are operating here, but our head is there. We are operating on earth, but our head, our head is there. So look at the scripture again. He gave him to be the head. Oh, he gave him to be the head over all things to the church. And the church becomes his, verse 23, verse 23, which is his body. The church is his body. This is a mystery. How can your head be somewhere and your hands, <laughs> and yet you are alive? If Jesus has stayed in Nazareth, there's no way he could have been what he is now. But he went to the cross, and then when he was resurrected, he became a life-giving spirit. That when you believe, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, he's saved. When you believe the gospel that is preached, the gospel is not meant to be behaved, it's meant to be believed. There's no way in scripture where you hear, he said, do the gospel. He said, believe the gospel. You don't do the gospel, you believe the gospel. Now when you believe the gospel, it produces results in your life. There are people who are trying to do the gospel without believing it. You don't know Jesus. You don't even know Jesus. So the gospel is not complete if you mute the church work out of the work of Christ. Now, what is the gospel? The news, the message about the person of Jesus and what? The works of Jesus. His works started on earth, but he hasn't finished. 
And now, according to Romans chapter 12, verse 5, we, the church, are his body. We are his body here. According to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, we, the church, are his body. According to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 30, it talks about him is the head of the church. We are his body. According to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23, he is the head. It says that as the husband, the husband is the head of the wife, just as Christ is the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church. And the church is the body of Christ. You can know that. Christ is the head of the church, and the church is the head of the body. And he says that this is a mystery. This is a mystery. That is why it must always be taught. And as it's being taught, you begin to have line upon line, precept upon precept, understanding from one level to the other. You begin to understand, oh, okay, because I'm still understanding. I'm still learning. But the basics, you see, you build on the basics. You, build, you must have the basics right. The basics are the major items that were, taken, were, were spoken about in the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then continued in Acts. That's what I was going. So Luke took the human side and the heavenly side. Luke only didn't focus on the human living, the story about the human living of Jesus. He also focused on the book of Acts, the story about the heavenly ministry of Jesus. And the heavenly Jesus in Acts chapter 1, sorry, Acts chapter 28, verse 31, doesn't, doesn't end with amen. They, continue, they preached, and they said, so Paul was preaching. Heavenly Jesus is still working. So the story about Jesus in heaven, his work didn't end with Peter, Paul, John. To the end, is continuing with us. Now, it's still part of the gospel. So the gospel is not complete. If you, sil- if you are silent about the ministry of the heavenly Jesus, the gospel is not complete. And what is the ministry of the heavenly Jesus? The ministry of the heavenly Jesus, let me say this, I think I'll read it. Normally I've not been reading from my notes. Let me read from my notes. Watch this. Many items of the full gospel, apart from the Major items in the four Gospels are revealed by Paul. Many items. For instance, some of the items Paul revealed is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's also part of the Gospel. The Spirit of God to be our seal and our pledge. I'll have to teach on that. You might not understand it. Christ being formed in you. Christ being revealed. You know, Paul said, Christ is revealed in me. Galatians chapter 1 verse 16 when it pleased God to reveal Christ in me. So part of the gospel is Christ is being revealed in you. Part of the gospel, Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, Christ being formed in you. Part of the gospel, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, Christ making his home in you. It's still all there. So when you are a Christian, what a lot is happening in your life that meets the eyes. And you must... Learn how to call on the name of the Lord to actualize what heaven is doing and to make it happen. And so the heavenly Jesus is in heaven and yet he's expressing himself. Now watch this. Watch this. The, the, the focal point is this. That the son of God, the Christ, the anointed one, has entered into our being. Besides the fact that he died, he lived and died and went to heaven. He has now entered into our being to become our lives today. So we live him today to become our hope for the future. And guess what? Guess what? Not just that, but that we might become, we might become members of his body. So if Christ is not in you, you can't be part of his body. 
So the heavenly Jesus is still, now today he's going to enter somebody. Yes. And he doesn't force himself into you. You have to say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. Forgive me for my sins. Suddenly, his righteousness is credited to you, and your, your sins that you must pay, it's credited to his pay, payment on the cross. And then he enters into you. Then he begins to express himself in you. You are part of the church. And the church is one new man, the body of Christ on earth. So the gospel is not complete. Please, don't, anyone who says that, as for me, just between me and God, me and Christ, church thing, I don't do church, is because you don't have the full gospel. You, you are very clueless about the full gospel. The full gospel actually starts, you start living it through the church. You start living it. How do you start living in the church? By letting Christ be, find his expression in you. Let Christ be formed in you. Let Christ live in you, make his home in you, and it will, it will impact the way you relate to people, what you do in church. The work of God becomes your priority. It becomes so important to you, such that someone steps on your toe, and for the sake of the work of Christ, you say, it doesn't matter, I can forgive, because the work must go on. Amen. You are gifted to sing. You are not singing to be seen. You are singing so Christ will be glorified and Christ will be formed in others. That is the essence. I'm preaching. My preaching shouldn't be so people can know this man can say this. No, my preaching should be that Christ will be formed in you. Christ will be formed in you. And it is, hey, it is that kind of preaching that God rewards. Not the preaching that is getting claps. And it's getting, whoa, getting a lot of likes on social media. No, no, no. Men will like it because men think like men. But God, when you are dealing with the mystery of God, the church is the mystery of Christ. The church is the mystery of Christ. You better buckle down, learn how to call on the name of the Lord. Finally, this Peter told them this is happening so people can call on the name of the Lord. And in the first service, I spoke about how Stephen, he preached Christ powerfully. And when he preached, Bible says they were cut to the heart and they gnashed their teeth at him and they pick up stones. He said, I see Jesus standing on the right hand. Of, I see heavens open. He said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man is standing there. He said, I saw the Son of Man. Acts 7, verse 6. See the Son of Man and they, not, they blocked their ears. We don't want to hear anymore. We don't want to hear all this, this thing anymore. He said, Okay, it's okay. Stop it. Stop. Stop. And they pick up stones. Innocent man. He hasn't done anything wrong. He was just giving a message. He was relaying the message. He, they took pick up stones and they stoned him. And then they started stoning him. Bible says he cried out. Bible says that and, uh, uh, and they stoned Stephen. He, what was he doing when they were stoning him? He was calling. Church, one of the things we must always learn to do is to call on the name of the Lord. When you are calling on the name of the Lord, what you are saying is I depend on you. When you are calling on the name of the Lord, you are saying I trust in you. When you are calling on the name of the, the Lord, you are saying let your will be done in my life. Not as I will. Let your will be done. They stole Stephen calling on the name of the Lord. And he said, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And Bible says that after he said that, he did what was unnatural. No one can pretend that you can do that. You can't just do that. As soon as Stephen called on the name of the Lord, the Holy Spirit kicked in. The heavenly assignment of Jesus, the heavenly ministry of Jesus, because he's the only one who was being killed, and when he was dying, he prayed for forgiveness for those who killed him. How can you pray for? I will curse you. I will curse you. I will curse you. <laughs> yes, it's not natural. But when they were killing Jesus, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. For they know not, no, no, 
My philosophy is if you touch electricity and you didn't know, will it forgive you? No. <laughs> so ignorance is no excuse. But it takes the nature of God. The nature of God for you to do what is not natural. But Stephen did what Jesus did. Why? Because it wasn't him. The heavenly Jesus kicked in. Suddenly we saw the mannerisms, the idiosyncrasies, the manifestation of the heavenly Jesus. When people were killing him, he was saying, forgive them. Forgive them. Don't hold this against them. Ah! Why? Because the heavenly Jesus has not finished his job. We are his body, and he's expressing himself through us. But it will be possible if we don't learn how to call on his name. So Peter finished his message by saying, he says, verse 40 of Acts chapter 2, he says, with many words, he exhorted them, saying, be saved from this generation. So whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall what? Be saved. From this generation means the way everybody does things. You want to be different, you need to learn how to call on the name. Because the heavenly Jesus, the full gospel is Jesus is still working in our midst. Jesus is still on the earth today. Even though he's seated in heaven, he's finding an expression in your life. I know you are struggling with an unforgiveness issue. You are struggling with some bitterness. You are struggling with something. And you, are, you might even have legitimate reasons. But listen, don't think you can do it in your strength. You can only obey God by the strength and the help of God. And I call all of us to learn how to call on the name of the Lord. For whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord Jesus! Lord Jesus! Did you receive something? Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. When God speaks, works show. And the works will surely show in your life. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.